Welcome to the Longleaf Podcast. This is episode 15, and I'm Andrew Dunn, founder and publisher of Longleaf Politics. Today on the show, we're going local, local government. There's another debate here in Charlotte over whether the Charlotte City Council should expand its terms to four years rather than the current two. The current city council appears to be close to having the votes to make that change. But now a lot of former city council members are coming out of the woodwork to say that this is a bad idea. We're going to talk with Matthew Reidenauer, a Mecklenburg County commissioner who has been a part of a similar discussion on his end on the Mecklenburg County Board of Commissioners. Before we get to the interview, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Indivious. Indivious is an app born right here in North Carolina that matches up people on different sides of the political spectrum for an honest, open, respectful conversation. You can discuss anything from national politics to statewide issues to, if you're here in Charlotte, even local issues. Indivious is I-N-D-I-V-I-U-S, and you can find it on the App Store. Now, on to the interview. Senate will come to order. Sergeant Arms will close the doors. Members and will go to their seats. Matthew Ridenauer, thanks for joining us once again on the Longleaf Podcast. Well, thanks for having me again. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So you're on the Mecklenburg County Commissioners. Uh, you have a two-year term. Same with the Charlotte City Council, two-year terms. But it seems like every other year, uh, a proposal gets floated to go to four-year terms from two-year terms. Why, why do you think this issue keeps coming up here locally? <laughs> well, you're right. It does keep coming up. It came up on the Board of County Commissioners just a couple of years ago uh, where there was a proposal to go to four-year terms. Um, it, it passed on the Board of County Commissioners, which then meant we had to, uh, statutorily, we had to put it to referendum, and that was defeated by the public by a margin of about two to one votes. Uh, but you're right, it does keep coming up and now it's coming up again with city council. And uh, you know, it might sound cynical, but my personal views on why it keeps coming up is because it, it campaigning is not easy. It takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of effort, and it, it takes time to fundraise and make fundraising phone calls and go door knocking and do all those things, right? And I think that a lot of folks that are in office say, you know what, if I could do this every four years instead of every two years, that'd be a lot better uh, situation. So I, I really think that that drives the majority of it. I know this conversation about, well, people will get better government because we can focus more on the issues and we won't have to focus on campaigning. Um, but we're not running for Senate. We're not running for the House. Campaigning is not a 24-7 operation. And uh and I think that it is something we can balance with our day-to-day -day jobs and, and elected responsibilities. Yeah. Now you've been through a couple um, election cycles here with two-year terms on the, the county board. Does it really change how you govern, whether it's an election year versus the one year when it's not an election year? It doesn't for me. If I feel a certain way on an issue, I feel that way about the issue, whether it's an election year or not. Um, I can't speak to other people and whether, you know, how that weighs on them. Uh, I do think it's interesting that we tend to, not always, but we tend to not have tax increases during election years. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, my, you know, my stance on the issue doesn't waver, doesn't change just because of, uh, uh, of election year. So what's your take, uh, you know, as someone who's sitting behind the dais, what's your take? Is a two-year term good or is a four-year term, would that be preferable? No, I'm, I'm absolutely in favor of two-year two terms. Um, I, I think that it's good to have the opportunity for, for the public to weigh in on your job performance. 
uh, more frequently than, than four years. Um, like I said, campaigning, though it takes a, a considerable amount of time for sure, uh, and it's not easy, I think that it is something that can be balanced with the elected role that one has with uh, family, with a daytime job, you know, a day job if somebody has one uh, like I do. Um, so I'm in favor of the two-year terms. I think it just better gives us better accountability to the public. Now, I feel like having to campaign every other year, it, it also gets you more connected with the, your constituents, right? I mean, you have to be responsive. You have to be out there listening to them. You know, you don't have, uh, you know, the, the ability to just kind of sit back and ignore what people are, are wanting. That's a really great point and, and uh, actually not one that I had thought of, uh, you know, on this conversation, but I think you're, you're absolutely right. Um, because you're going to these candidate forums, because you're, um, you're, you're submitting candidate surveys to various organizations and you're going door knocking, you directly hear what is important to folks. Um, and, and a good example of that recently was, uh, of course, city council is now broadcasting their media, uh, their, their uh, city council meetings on Facebook. And, uh, you know, I thought about that early, earlier in the year and I thought, you yeah, know, this is something we ought to do. But summer came and, and, and went and, and I just, you know, didn't take any action on that. But about a month or so ago, uh, I was at the Black Political Caucus uh, candidate forum and they asked hey, would you be willing to, to all the county commissioners, would you be willing to, uh, to, to, to pursue broadcasting your meetings on Facebook? And I thought, huh, well, this must be something that's important to the community because they're asking it at a forum. And this is clearly an issue that's, that's important. Why wait until after the election for this to happen? Let's take care of it right now. And so we actually have on the agenda for next week uh, on the county commission, I brought a, I, I added an, an agenda topic where we're going to discuss and direct staff to, to begin broadcasting meetings. So, um, so to your point, it is an opportunity to hear what's important to people and, and, uh, and, and give us that kind of pulse on the, on the community. That's a great point. I mean, personally, I've loved how the city council is now broadcasting all their meetings. It, it lets, uh, lets you get a little bit more uh, information out there. So I, I think it's great. And I hope, uh, hope the vote goes well. Um, now, the other argument that I keep hearing is that, you know, it takes so long to get up to speed um, for a new council person or a new commissioner. I mean, is, is there something to that? Does, is there a steep learning curve? Can you be effective uh, right off the bat, once you uh, get elected, well, uh, there is a steep learning curve for sure. I mean, you're you're, you're drinking from a fire fire hose, as they say, when you when you first get elected, uh, trying to learn who the department heads are and what the departments do, and uh, inevitably there are departments that you didn't even know when you were campaigning uh, actually exist. But now that you're in the seat, you realize that you know the county or the city does far more than you knew and had exposure to prior to being elected. And so, um, you know, it is, it, there is a learning curve for sure, but I, I think that you can still be effective even in those first several months or that first year of holding office. My own personal example, I was elected in the November of 2012. Um, within the next year, um, we had to go through the 2011 revaluation and, and work towards correcting the 2011 reval. Uh, we also dismissed our previous county manager. We hired a new county manager. I'm pretty sure we hired a new tax assessor. 
uh, or excuse me, um, uh, county assessor in 2013, although that might have been 14. Um, and we had a major issue, or major to me, about whether we could have concealed carry permit holders uh, carry their weapons on uh, parks and greenways. And so those were some major issues that I was, uh, I think I was effective in a number of those areas. Uh, and that was my first year. But yeah, you are learning a lot, but that's the same for any job that you have, whether it's publicly held uh, office or whether it's a, a private position that you have, uh, you know, at a, at, at at your employer yeah yeah that makes sense and uh, this new crop of city council people it seems like they've been able to get up to speed now the other part that that's coming up with this is it's almost being billed as a compromise is that if the city council goes to four-year terms then they may consider term limits you know so people could only earn, win two or three terms I, I haven't seen what the actual proposal might be what's your take on term limits is that a smart thing for local government um, you know, I'm actually not in favor of term limits. And the reason I'm not in favor of term limits is because people have the opportunity every two years to vote on whether someone is doing a good job, uh, doing an adequate job, whether they are fulfilling their roles and responsibilities as a county commissioner, as a city council member, uh, as a mayor. And that is the opportunity for the voters to term limit somebody. Um, and I think that a lot of times people want term limits for, let's say, people in Congress, right? But they keep electing their con congressional representative over and over and over, right? Because it's not, it's not their guy. It's the other guy that's got to go, right? right? And so it's almost like term limits becomes a, a, a weapon that we can use against the other side, whichever side that is, against the other side to get their people out. But Voters have the opportunity to to vote every two years. Think that so and so is doing a fine job, and I want them to stay there. Uh, when when Andy Doolin was serving on city council, um, I would have hated if he had a term limit of let's say two terms, and after four years he had he had to leave because Andy was doing a great job for his constituents in District Six here in Charlotte. And so I, I'm not in favor of term limits. I, I get the angle. Uh, you know, the idea, the negotiation tactic of, okay, I'll support the four-year terms, but I want to limit that to only two terms, let's say. But again, I think that voters have that opportunity already, and we shouldn't strip people of the opportunity to reelect somebody that they do want to continue to support, that they do feel is doing a good job. I think we also have to have elected officials who are willing to self-term limit the term limit themselves and not hold seats, um, you know, indefinitely. Uh, you know, I think I, I look back on uh, George Washington, and maybe it's because I've been listening to Hamilton nonstop for the last month. Uh, and now with musicals coming to town, I'm going to go see it next week. Um, but, but, you know, there's a great song about George Washington saying to Alexander Hamilton, you know, let's just, let's just, let's just, uh, we're going to, we're going to write a letter to the public. We're going to give a last proclamation and, and we're going to step away and we're going to show them how we lead by no longer serving so that they can move on to somebody else. They can move on as a nation. And there's some inspiration there, I think for, for politicians saying, you know what, I have done my, my duty it is now time for me to retire to something else. And it might be another elected official and another position. That's fine. But to keep those new ideas coming. So I think one, the public has that right of term limiting already. And two, we need, politicians who are willing to say, I've done my, 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 my work. It's time for me to move on to something else. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean, if, if somebody is doing a good job uh, and they're responsive to their constituents, they're winning elections. Yeah, it, it, why would you? Th- those are the type of people that you want on your city council or your board of commissioners. So uh, I think I'm with you on that. Um, where do you think, do you have any crystal ball of where you think the vote's going to go or whether you think the city council is actually going to pull the trigger on this? Uh, if I were to look in that crystal ball, I would imagine they've already got the votes they need in order to, to change them from two-year terms to four-year terms. Uh, whether they would voluntarily put that to referendum, that I do not know. Um, I am also confident, though, that they would not make these terms retroactive. I would imagine they would make those four-year terms active after the next election cycle for them, which would be next year. Um, And then as far as the compromise deal with the term limits and or reducing the number of at-large seats, I I don't think that goes anywhere. Uh, I I think that if they've got the votes to do four-year terms, they're just going to do the vote. They're just going to do four-year terms. There's no need for them to to carve out some sort of deal uh, if they already have the votes locked up to go forward with the four-year terms. Yeah. Now, I think one of the, the broader issues that, that is why this keeps coming up is because there's kind of an inherent tension of whether Charlotte needs full-time government versus the part-time uh, government that it currently has. The argument is that Charlotte is becoming is a world class city is, you know, is the phrase that we always hear that it's becoming a big city and most big cities have strong mayors. They have full time councils and and Charlotte just doesn't. Um, And it seems to be working well so far. But I mean, do you think I mean, would Charlotte benefit from having more full time elected people? Well, you know, the full full time elected positions would have to go hand in hand with a complete restructuring of local government. And, and let me tell you what I think the chances of that would be. Uh, but, but the, the full-time positions making six figures or close to it, I think would have to go hand in hand with the restructuring. And that would be to what you were saying, the strong mayor form of government, where we have a full-time mayor who has considerable independent authority and city council members who also have, a, a great deal of authority and we can say the same for county commission we'd have a chair that the same type of thing with, with commissioners doing you know having authority as well um, that is not as you know what we have here now we have a council manager form of government where council or commissioners set policy and you've got a full-time manager who actually does the day-to-day blocking and tackling and managing and implementing policy uh, the difference is, and I just don't know how many, how many, how much folks know about this out in the community. You know, an individual commissioner cannot go to the county manager, nor can a council member go to the go to the city manager, uh, and say, "I want you to buy this parcel and put a park right here." Or on the city side, I want you to put a, a, a sidewalk down this side of the street in this community. They want it, and I'm going to do it. We don't have that authority because of the structure of government. Some local governments around the country, they've got full time elected officials who have their own budget and they might have X millions of dollars that they can spend on district projects. And then they can build the Matthew Ridenour bridge over, over Little Sugar Creek, right? <laughs> um, because they've got the, that authority to independently make those expenditures. We don't have that kind of setup here. And so I think because of the setup we have with the council manager, this, the, 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 the weak mayor system that we have here, if we had full-time 
elected officials, we would essentially be paying people full time to do not much more than they're currently doing. Yes, we might have time to go to a few more rubber chicken luncheons, right, and some gala events in the evenings. And yeah, we probably could hold even more town halls uh, and community meetings and things like that. But at the end of the day, you're not getting council members or commissioners that have any more authority than they do currently. And so you're not really going to get much different of a product in the end. Um, you're just winding up paying these people a lot more to, to do this, essentially the same amount of output. Um, and as far as corruption and things like that, what people have said, well, because these positions are not highly paid and they're part time, you have to either be independently wealthy or, or it opens the door to some sort of a corruption because they need to make up some money somehow. And I don't agree with that. I think you actually get more corruption with a strong mayor form of government, because if you're a council member who, who, who alone can determine whether something gets rezoned, I think that, that would open the door to individual corruption and graft and embezzlement and all those types of things more so than the system we have now. What we have now has more checks and balances than a strong mayor form of government. So that probably was a lot more information on the topic than you. <laughs> no, than you I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, maybe it's just because it hasn't, been done here um but the the prospect of a strong mayor system or you know or, or city council people with their own budgets kind of scares me i kind of like you know as a voter and a taxpayer i kind of like having a professional level of management there and kind of insulates um you know tax dollars being spent from from some of those political considerations so i, I think i think i'm with you on that and you know what we have on staff now county staff you know we've got folks who have mbas and we have certifications and we have i mean so many people in the county manager's office, and that would be all the assistant county managers and assistants to the county manager and the manager himself. Uh, we have so many folks with advanced degrees and masters of public administration, which to your point about the professional staff being able to manage these, I as a commissioner can go to, to someone and say, what do you think about this? And they can give me a professional opinion on that subject. Where And, and, and oftentimes I'll say, you know what, I I see why that might not be a good idea. Thanks for the input because they've got experience. They've got that knowledge base. Imagine if I were just commissioner right now that had independent authority to make whatever action, you know, hire, fire. I had my own budget and I could just do what I more or less what I wanted to. I might take some actions that were actually not in the best interest of the county because I just didn't know any better. But now we have that kind of knowledge checks and balances, even if you will, where someone can say, you know, I don't think that's the best idea. Or if I bring something to the, the whole board of county commissioners, I might bring something up and the majority says, no, we don't want to take the county in that direction. And so that's a kind of a check and balance as well on that um, individual authority and what they think may or may not be best. So I think what we have in here keeps us all honest and keeps us collectively moving in a, in a better direction. Well, for now, all of our local elected officials here in Charlotte and Mecklenburg County have two-year terms, which means that you, Matthew Ridenauer, need to get back on the campaign trail. That's right. Thanks so much That's for spending right. some time. All right. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks so much for spending some time with us today here on the Longleaf Podcast. We hope you learned something. We are now less than a month until Election Day. So prepare for an onslaught of political ads and questions and dubious claims. If you hear anything that you want us to check out, please let us know. You can send me an email, andrew at longleafpolitics.com. We'll see you again soon. So many in favor that motion will say aye. Those opposed, no. The ayes have it. The Senate stands adjourned.